0: Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nickel Anarchy, and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning: This podcast does contain spoilers for the Ryodan Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a road and best read-along and analysis podcast that sits out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. So today we are continuing and kind of finishing up our timeline journey for The Last Olympian with chapters 21, Blackjack Gets Jacked. My god, that's actually a really complicated title. (laughs) And chapter 2, We Win Fabulous Prizes. Wait that's not right (laughs) oh no i got that wrong i am dumped oh my god this is what happens when you don't check your intro that slightly changes but barely changes and then you think everything's fine so (laughs) it's chapter 21 blackjack gets jacked so that is correct and chapter 22 i am dumped As always, I have my points to focus on, so today we've got storyline, relationships and, you know, just generally what I thought of it. But, to begin, here's the synopsis. Actually, before we get into the synopsis, I just want to double check that I'm not wrong that this is is the correct title, isn't it? It is, it is I Am Dumped. Okay, alright, I'll go into the synopsis now. With a healthy need for parental therapy glossed over and a moment of grand theft pegasi, we head into the conclusion. A new oracle is granted and, as we finally rest, our heroes finally get their act together, before taking a dip in the lake and there's pretty much the synopsis for these two chapters and i really nothing too much particularly happens in these chapters I'm gonna get that out now so this episode may be shorter than normal but as you guys know this is also me and I ramble a lot so we shall see how long this ends up being but um next week we'll be having the finale with chapter 23 and hopefully with some guests on my side as well so don't worry if this is short next week will definitely be long because when i'm with other people i don't know when to shut up well i don't really know when to shut up in general but anyway that's beside the point so let's just get into chapter 21 blackjack gets jacked and this is the overview for chapter 21 parental abandonment is discussed and dismissed Hermes is heartbroken, but Percy understands. With a warning from the mother of the hilarious year, Percy and Annabeth head out of Olympus and down. Anxious and bestest mother, Sally, is waiting and everything seems fine. Until Rachel Dare decides to steal a Pegasus. And that's pretty much the overview for chapter 21. This is what I mean by this chapter. It feels kind of not that much happens, but also at the same time some other stuff happens that I will be getting to because I have some feelings um but first this is something and this is I'm going to admit is going to be quite dark so uh just keep that in mind um so the mortals as we find out in this chapter are kind of trying to figure out a way to explain everything that's happened and like Hermes is kind of peeved that they kind of brush it over and kind of find a way to deal with it Um, I don't know why he would be because they want to keep their identity secret but I kind of get where he's coming from but I also don't like Hermes so I don't want to justify anything he's saying but um what's happened to the demigod children that have died and whose bodies are still dotted around New York like are random mortals gonna find like dead children (laughs) in New York City or have they already been collected? I don't know how they could have been because there was a, there was like a war going on. So I don't know how they would have had the time, especially considering that the mortals woke up during the war. So it's not like they would have easily been able to find the time to find the, the demigod children that they've you know lost. But also alongside that what happens to them? Like some of them will have families. Are the families notified? how are they notified like I know that's dark and this is a kids book but considering we've had very like sort of graphic like deaths I would have liked to have known this situation and this was a random thing that came to my mind and then I realized actually that this discussion can technically come up later in the next chapter but I just wanted to get this out now because it was something that I thought about at the time when reading this chapter but um yeah what goes on with that um, maybe the gods help, I don't know, I, mean, I doubt the gods help, it's the gods. But going into the storyline aspect of this actually, and this is what I want to talk about specifically. So the main part of this chapter is Percy talking with Hermes about the whole situation. And I really, really hate that this is part of the storyline, considering everything that's happened. Hermes and the gods' abandonment of the children is basically kind of given a free pass here of like, oh you thought you were doing what was best for luke you knew his future and you couldn't meddle with it and I'm like mate the whole reason everything happened is due to abandonment of the demigod children this is the root cause of all these problems like hermes didn't need to abandon his son because of this prophecy like no matter his son's fate he didn't need to abandon him to a mother who didn't truly have a full grasp on reality due to you know the curse of the oracle but he did that was a decision that he made yes he like anything he did wouldn't have changed fate but you know you could have made your child feel a little bit more wanted that maybe it wouldn't change anything but it could have done something it's like this whole situation of being like oh no matter what you did it would have ended up this way So, you know, you're not really in the wrong here. I'm like, no, parental abandonment cannot be justified with, oh, it would have ended up this way anyway. That's such a terrible, bull excuse for abandoning children. And add to the fact that it just ends up being worse with Hermes basically being like, ugh, you know will try to respect the lives of our children but um probably not <laughs> um and just seeing that i hate i hated that so so much because everything that's happened in this series over five books everything that's happened and that's the line so everything that's happened is that these kids have been abandoned and they're angry which has led to this war And the summary of, after so many kids have died because of it, is, hey, we'll try our best, but in a couple of centuries or decades, we'll stop caring. Like, oh my god. (laughs) That didn't need to be there. I really didn't appreciate it, because it feels like everything that's happened has just been a waste, because we're doomed to repeat it. And in the fact that Percy does have so much blind faith in the gods, like, (laughs) <laughs> he's just like oh no I believe the gods can change and I'm like they can but the fact that Hermes said yeah we're pr- like it's th- centuries a lot amount of time of us just not really giving a damn probably not gonna happen um like <laughs> but he's seen the result of all of this behaviour he's the product of this behaviour of breaking promises like you know it's just it feels a bit hollow which is kind of disappointing um, the only other thing that I do want to bring in here because this is sort of a moment aspect I, th- I don't, I think they mentioned some, yeah no but when he goes to meet Athena after, so the, after this whole Hermes situation is dealt with Athena tells Percy like look your loyalty to like the death was going to be your downfall and yet it hasn't been but I can't even remember her exact words something like just like we'll see what happens basically and that kind of it's a really good point. Everyone's flaw that we have seen so all the fatal flaws that we have seen, like Luke's, I can't remember exactly what Luke's was, but like he died because of his fatal flaw, you know. Uh, Annabeth has fallen to her fatal flaw, like she, she like her fatal flaw is like really integral to who she is and it's caused problems. Percy's fatal flaw hasn't really caused any problems. Like I wish it had kind of come into use in this story of the fact that his undying loyalty and this flaw of his would fail him. Like, he's the only demigod whose flaw hasn't caused problems for him in the long run. Like, whenever he's been reckless because of his fatal flaw, it always works out in the end. He's the only one whose fatal flaw hasn't had a comeuppance in any real way because everything works out for him pretty much and pretty easily whereas in other situations other people's flaws haven't they have led to sadness and frustration like a sort of comeuppance for having um too much of something like in annabeth's case it's this devastation over not being able to have the dream or see the dream of like Luke being better having this family and all these sort of things and wanting to fix everything because she can't it's physically impossible to do that and so her come is seeing that all fade away and kind of coming to accept it in the end and all these sort of things but that is sort of her the floor of that situation whereas I just I just feel like Percy's never kind of really came into It really it was there but it just never really failed him I just think it would have been really interesting if it did in the end and it did cause some major issues or he had to be pushed into it further like the whole of him giving the knife to Luke that could have been a moment where his like someone else had to do it for him like he gave the knife to Annabeth to give to Luke or something like that because I feel like that moment like he just drops, like he won't give the knife to Luke he refuses so someone else has to do it and that like that in itself could have caused the problems like that would I don't know I feel like that would have been something something to to show the the fatalness of that flaw or the 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 near fatalness of the flaw in this case but anyway I'm, I'm rambling slightly I don't know I just wish it was kind of involved a little bit more but um, that's kind of all I have to say about that chapter, because not, not that much happened in this one. But uh, I want to go into chapter 22 now. So chapter 22, I am dumped. And this is the summary for chapter 22. Fear rises as Rachel seeks out the oracle. As Apollo arrives, we learn the curse is broken. Rachel Dare is the new oracle of Delphi. Our heroes recuperate and for the first time rest easily. Percy and Annabeth finally share a moment and a big moment at that (laughs) which ends up with a dip in the lake. Love it. Um, And that's the summary for chapter 22. These are very very short chapters and I'll get into that slightly uh, in a bit but I want to talk about the relationships at this point for chapter 22 starting with Percy and Rachel. Oh, God, I just realised you guys are going to be very aware of what I'm going to talk about. But I'm going to do it anyway. This is a critical, analytical podcast. There are things I have to say. Don't like it. Please still listen anyway, because I like making this podcast. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, similar to what I've said before, I wish the romantic hints between Percy and Rachel weren't here. Especially considering the line of like Rachel kisses Percy on the cheek, and then two pages later, he's kissing Annabeth. Actually, no, let's double, let's count exactly. I, I'm pretty sure it's two pages, but let's count exactly. Um, yeah, it's uh, two pages, two and a half, we'll say, two and a half pages later after Rachel has kissed him, he's had. Uh, like he's had this basically terrified boyfriend-like exterior of when she was going to the Oracle. Like he's charging forward, he's being reckless, he's trying to get close, he's trying to stop her, he's yelling, he's frantic, all these sort of things. And while you can kind of see it in a friendly way considering everything, They've had romantic moments shared. They've had his like frustration and confusion as to the fact that they've kind of broken up whilst not being together and all these sort of things. There is a romantic hint within it, as well as the fact that no one else is doing any of what he's doing. Like, Nico says after everything's happened, like, oh, I could feel your life force seeping away. Have him show me that concern beforehand, or have Annabeth, even though I know they're not friends, have Annabeth have... A reaction to of like this worry of what's going on I know Percy is technically the only one who knows the whole situation but like they're seeing something kind of terrifying happening to Rachel people would be anxious but it's just Percy who's reacting in this way that reads like a terrified boyfriend and then like I said we have the whole kiss on the cheek situation as well and The kiss on the cheek is because she's saying now you know what you need to do. So she's kissing him to say, oh, now you got to go be with Annabeth. I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. (laughs) Why? So it just, (laughs) that part, especially considering it's two and a half pages before he kisses, two pages before he begins to start confessing to Annabeth, not that he ever fully does, and two and a half pages before they kiss. It just it makes that part of Percy and Annabeth feel really... Uh, feel less impactful to me because it's so close to another romantic interest that he had where there's still kind of some hint of something that obviously isn't going to happen now because she's an oracle. Literally, the only reason they aren't together is because Rachel has become an oracle. That is the only reason, really like that's what was shown to us and even told to us by annabeth of oh rachel can't date now because she's an oracle it's literally told to us that she can't date so that means she's out of the question for percy and now annabeth i'm like like, it's exactly what i was saying previously like it just feels like annabeth is coming in second place now and that rachel was either you know she's the she's the what if like calypso situation the what if situation and annabeth is just kind of like oh she's here she's available let's go for this because that's like the two people that he's had previous romantic interest in are now both unattainable and only annabeth is still attainable so that's why it feels like she's kind of ending up being like well this annabeth's left over let's date her um and I know we got previous hints of like he chose to not have immortality for her and all these sort of things, but like it's all well and good having that there, but having other romantic elements with other people well, another person, like dotted around that. Both like basically some sandwiching in one nice thing between two other romantic elements with another person. It's not the best. <laughs> But to kinda of get into the whole Annabeth and Percy situation, I do wanna say, please do not get me wrong, I do like the idea of Percy and Annabeth, and their moment is really, really sweet. Like, them being dunked in water as well is legendary, and I love it, and especially the artwork. Um, what I What I do really like about it is that it's kind of a quiet moment, like it's the first quiet moment that we've had in a long period of time, basically in this whole book of them being able to just kind of be with each other just breathe and relax and just be in one another's presence. And then that leads into it. I really, really like that. The only things that I do wish is that it was a little bit more separate from the Rachel situation. I wish it'd been built up slightly more of them kind of spending more time together whilst back at camp to then have this cake moment. As well as the fact that I do wish they'd actually said the words, that they like each other like they don't let me just double check because I don't want to be like called out for saying it and then it's not true um hold on uh yeah they don't ever actually say that they like each other they just kiss it's just kind of he's just like I was just thinking I was just thinking and he's getting annoyed because like Annabeth's smiling and he's thinking that she's laughing at him and stuff like that but they never actually say the words. (laughs) So I'm a little disappointed. I don't know, I just feel like it could have been a little teeny tiny bit better. But I'm gonna move on from that now, because I'm afraid. (laughs) And I wanna get into the storyline. So we have a new prophecy from Rachel, and I'm very excited, but also, oh God. Um, So we have, (laughs) this whole thing is like, we have this introduction of a new oracle, And it's really really good though it does feel a bit fast I will say it would have been cool if we got a little bit more of like Rachel kind of adapting briefly or just kind of being a bit confused before getting the prophecy because the prophecy comes very very quickly Um, but uh yeah I don't know I just I think it was a really interesting moment I just kind of half wish it had gotten its own chapter because like this is very significant but I don't know um the only other things and this is what i was mentioning earlier i do wish that there are things up that, that just in general i think there were things that should have been covered such as the demigods that we've lost like we don't actually get any reference to lee fletcher so we get reference to ethan and selena and charlie but like lee we know lee fletcher has died um and all this sort of stuff but we also don't know what's going to happen with their parents It'd be sad to be discussed, but it's kind of important to know as well because I feel like that'll add further impact to the people that we've lost. I know it's meant to be a happy ending, but also many, many children have died. Like, I feel like that needs to be brought in somewhere. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned in general, I do really like the quiet moment that we did get in this chapter because it was like the first time that even us as the readers kind of got a chance to breathe. Um, even if there was only one of them i really do like it i also did like that this was that it everything was happening on percy's birthday at uh, percy's birthday so luke's death them coming back the oracle all these sort of things is happening on percy's birthday i love it i think it's really sweet um and also the fact that no one but annabeth remembered only annabeth remembered like that's really cute i do appreciate that <laughs> but um yeah i think that's kind of all i gotta say like overall i think these chapters are really good especially for like a dual penultimate chapters to the last book of this this series though it does feel slightly rushed considering that only two chapters before all this we were in the battle of like the quote-unquote century and then it's just kind of it's kind of dropped really quickly in terms of like the tension and things are being wrapped up really really quickly um So that's the only thing I do have to say but I think the the Rachel was the oracle and then the later Percy and Annabeth's kiss and all these sort of things should have been separated a lot more than they are maybe even in two different chapters like just to show the distance between it because I think they deserve to have their own moments like Rachel deserved to have her own shining star moment of becoming the oracle And then Percy and Annabeth's getting together deserves to have its own moment as well and not so ridiculously close to each other. But that's kind of it and that's more, I guess, kind of nitpicky than anything. But yeah, I enjoyed these chapters even though I do have problems with it. I think it's a really good way to kind of summarise some issues that were still kind of needing to be tied up, although I do think they missed a few things, but you know, there's always something that's missed. But for this week's question at the episode, just to kind of finalise this up, I want to know, how do you feel about how Annabeth and Percy's feelings were confirmed for each other? Do you think it could have been done better, or do you really enjoy it? Obviously that question will be going up on our social media tomorrow, so uh, yeah, comment there or drop me an email if you want to. Um, But yeah, I want to thank you all for joining me today for today's chapters. Be sure to join me next Wednesday for the finale of The Last Olympian. To plug where you can find our podcasts, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Boom, Stitcher, Deezer, and basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find The Best Damn Camp on various social media, at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your own thoughts, you can email camp at hotmail.com. Obviously, that's damn without the N. Um, And I'll read it out at the end of the show. If you want to support me making this content, check me out on Patreon at A Healthy Dose of Fran. That is linked in the episode show notes as well. Want to know more about my upcoming writing? Drop me a follow at A Dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. Where I'm also starting Percy Jackson hot takes on TikTok too, so uh, look out for that because I'm afraid and I need supporters. <laughs> Again, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter. I'll see slash speak to you guys next time, and <laughs> you're